That was an interesting introduction. Thank you, Pastor Christian. Uh, you know, as we were praying uh, a couple minutes ago, and Pastor Christian was talking about the glory falling, I kept getting reminded of um, one of our brothers, Kevin, who had a visitation to heaven, and he was sharing about this. And I keep getting reminded, maybe about once every two months or so, if I look back in my journal, uh, this word that he spoke, that very soon that uh, God's going to bring his glory so thick in our sanctuary, that even the newcomers that come are going to experience his glory. And I think this is something that we really have to keep pressing in for, keep asking and keep hungry for. And I think I just felt like God was so pleased with us here. And as we were singing that song, uh, we are hungry and we are thirsty. I just felt this like overwhelming sense of God's presence that he sees your hunger, he sees your faith, and he sees your prayers. And that 2010 is going to be an amazing, 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 amazing year. I'm so excited. <laughs> um, okay, so it's been a week since 2010 has started. And the very first time I preached was last year, 2009, in January. And I remember that time because I remember that it was also a time that I was reflecting about 2008 and that time then. So uh, if you know our staff, all of us have been encouraged to um, come up with New Year's resolutions and to really reflect about what 2010 is going to bring for us personally. And so as I was reflecting uh, this year, I looked back at my journals from one year ago. I looked at my December 2008 journals, and then my early 2009 journals to see how God was speaking to me about 2009 and to see if uh, he would speak similar things to me in 2010. And I found something really interesting as I read these journals. Now, as I read these journals, it seemed like nothing had changed from a year ago. So I was focusing a lot on I need to fix these things, these discipline issues and these relationship issues. And it was very, very similar to how my journal entries look these days. And so I kind of thought, and as I was reading that, I was kind of reflecting and asking God, how is it that it looks like through these journal entries that nothing has changed? But I know in my heart, in the deepest of my heart, that God has grown me so much in this past year. And so as I started to reflect on that, I felt like God was really challenging me and showing me to keep going deeper. And so as I just continued to look at my journal entries, I realized that I was focusing so much on the exterior things, of the things I was doing, or the things that I wasn't doing, and I wasn't concentrating on what God was trying to show me. So as I reflected on these things, uh, God just reminded me to look deeper. And what did these uh, exterior things point to? Okay, so this is what I'm going to speak to you about today, is... Uh, what God has been showing me in the past month or two as I've been reflecting on uh, the year 2009 and going into 2010. And uh, the title of my message is called Changing from the Inside Out. Now, as I was reflecting and looking upon all these things uh, that I feel like I'm still struggling with, whether it be things of discipline or um, the relationships around me, I realized that these things are not the end. And as I kept trying to focus on these things and write about these things, God was pointing me to what is the motivation and what is the heart behind why I'm acting the way I am. And this is the first thing that we, I want you guys to focus on today is 
we need to know, and we can only have this change from inside out, when we see how much God cares about our hearts and our inside and not our exterior motives. So as I was thinking about this and about um, our heart motives and why God looks at our hearts so much, I kind of got reminded of when I was younger. And I will read the Bible and I will be in Bible study. And I was very confused as to why Jesus was so angered by the Pharisees. And I was really confused and I asked my Bible teacher, why are they so angry? Why are they saying these kinds of words? Uh, why does Jesus say these things to these people but not to these people? And the Pharisees are a great example of people who only fixed things on the outside and didn't care about anything that was inside their hearts. If you guys can turn to Matthew 23. Well, I'm going to be reading verses 25 through 26. Everybody there? Yes. Matthew 23. Matthew 23, 25 to 26. Okay, let's read that together. Ready, go. Most of you scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you clean the outside of the cup and the plate, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and the plate, that the outside may also be. Thank you. I put it in my so I couldn't be wrong. But here you see that the Pharisees, all they cared about were the things on the exterior, the things on the outside. These are the rules that I need to do. I need to tithe. I need to fast and do these things. And they kept focusing on changing these things only, but they failed to see how these things were really outflow of what their heart was. And this, as Jesus looked at this, it angered him and really got him really angry uh, to see the Pharisees and see the, the place, the things in their heart. If you look at uh, verse 26, uh, I'm reading the NIV, blind Pharisees first clean the inside of the cup and dish, and then the outside will also be clean. And here, uh, Jesus is just saying and showing that as we look at our hearts, that these are the things that he's looking at. And if you look at the Pharisees that day, everyone, not everybody, well, most of the people, they respected them. You know, they had high honor places. People looked at them and they're like, wow, uh, they're so holy and they're doing all these things. But it's funny how when Jesus looked at them, the only feeling that he ever got was not really one of compassion or mercy towards them, but it was just one of anger and a lot of wrath because of all the things that they carried in their heart. Uh, if you look at the same passage, uh, you look at verse 27, I'm going to be reading the NIV. Uh, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You are like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of dead man's bones and everything unclean. That's not very good. <laughs> I, I don't know why, but every time I, I read uh, how God views the Pharisees, there's always a little bit of fear that fills my heart. That I never want to ever get to the place where this is what I'm doing. And so when I look at these things, I mean, not to say that my journaling and these kind of things, but as I was trying to concentrate on the exterior thing, I'm reminded by looking at the example of the Pharisees, uh, to continue and to ask, and to ask God 
you know, how important is it of our heart motives, and what is it that, you know, he really wants us to concentrate on. Now, the Pharisees are an example of people who do not care about their heart issues. Uh, another example of someone better who was a man after his own heart is King David. Now God, if you look at all throughout the Old Testament, he delights in King David uh, for his pure heart. First uh, Samuel 16.7 says, For the Lord sees not as man sees, a man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. And this is actually in the section where Papa Samuel is going out uh, to look for and to anoint the new king. And as Papa Samuel is seeing and looking around, he imagines, okay, it must be this guy. Uh, he looks height, but his, he looks tall, and he has good stature. <laughs> he must be the king of Israel. And he goes down the line of all these things, and it's the least likely person that Samuel ends up anointing is little ruddy, handsome David, who's tending the sheep. Because God, he really cares about how our relationship with him and how, how, how our heart is pure before him. First uh, Kings 11.4 says, His heart, it's talking about Solomon here, was not perfect with the Lord his God, as was the heart of David his father. And while you read throughout the Old Testament, you just see how much of God's favor is resting upon David because he was a guy, he was a guy uh, that searched and sought uh, to very please God with his heart. Uh, if everyone will turn to Psalm 51.10, this is a prayer uh, that David prays after uh, singing with Bathsheba. This is a prayer that I often pray and get my disciples to pray as well. Uh, it's 5110. Uh, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. And if you read throughout the Psalms, you see that David understood the importance of having a pure heart before God. And he understood that God looks at the heart and not the exterior things. And because of this, he prays this, and it's his desire um, that God would make his heart pure. Okay. Uh, Psalm 139, 23-24 is another one of uh, David's prayers when he's asking God to search his heart and to show him his true motives. Um, in the NIV it says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, and see if there be any grievous way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Now just as David understood how important it was to have good heart issues, and have a pure heart before the Lord, I think it's something that we can all try to strive for and see uh, his wisdom in this. Okay, so as we see that God really desires for our hearts to be pure before him, let us check our own hearts to see uh, what our motivations are and what our attitudes are and what our external things are pointing to. Uh, so the second thing uh, is in order to change from the inside out, we need to check our own hearts. And there's several ways to do this. Um, one way is to really reflect on the Word of God and to meditate on the things that are going around us. Now, I feel like in soul this is very difficult um, to process and to check our hearts uh, because we live in such a busy, busy, going, going, going lifestyle that sometimes 
we forget to kind of stop and reflect and look at the things around us, right? Um, it really takes a discipline for us to really ask the Lord and seek Him and to meditate with the things that are going on in our lives. And the thing that I feel like God keeps speaking to me about is that with our hearts, there's no shortcuts. There's no shortcuts in the things. And as I was looking at my journal and seeing and all these eloquent lists of things that I need to do to get to somewhere, I felt like God was really showing me that it's not about all these things about the external things, but focus on why you're doing these things and, you know, the motivations of your heart. So if I think about uh, the students around me, and if you imagine if they have an exam that's coming up, you know, they might pull an all-nighter, uh, study, 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 cram, 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 and try to get uh, their way through the exam and through school, right? But we look at that, and you know, we might get by, and we might even get the grades, but what we're sacrificing is true knowledge and true learning in our experiences in our lives. And I think in the same way, like we can't do that with our hearts. We can't cram our way and try to fix all these things uh, in order to purify our hearts. But instead, we really have to take time to look back and reflect, uh, especially with God's words. Um, Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is living and active, uh, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of your heart. And as you read the Word of God, it's interesting that it's written 2,000 years ago, but it's, uh, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so as we read the Word, God will speak to you about your situation now. You know, we think, oh man, even if we read like the book of Leviticus, with all those rules and things, we're like, oh God can't possibly speak to us through that. But even all parts of the Bible, God will use to speak to our current situation and to really reveal, well, I don't know, your heart motives and you know what's going on inside so that you can have an external change. Okay, second, um, I thought of other things that we can't take shortcuts with, and this is our relationships with people around us. Um, yeah, we definitely cannot take shortcuts. We have to give it the time and the effort and show the love uh, to the people around us. And so I think one way that you can really check your heart motives is to, one, examine your interaction with the people that are most familiar to you. Okay, so these can be your family, these can be your parents, uh, siblings, your husband or wife, or uh, maybe someone you're really close to, or your roommate, okay? <laughs> now, if you think about your interactions with these people, we're very, very comfortable uh, with the people that we're familiar with. Now, these are people that you're really close to, um, it's just human nature that familiarity will breed contempt, right? And so, if I think back on my interactions with my family, I would never want to ever show anybody here at New Philly what that's like. Now, unfortunately, Lisa has been able to see that uh, when my sister and my mother came, and she was very shocked at how uh, my interactions were with my sister. Um, but I definitely think that I don't know, your true character comes out when you're with people that you're like really comfortable with and you're really familiar with. So really examine your relationships around you, okay? Think about the people that you're really close to, okay? 
Now I want everybody to imagine somebody, whether it be the person next to you or someone that you're very close with, imagine them, okay? Now I'm just going to ask a series of questions that I want you guys to think about, okay? First is, how are you speaking to them? Are you speaking to them with love? Are you being kind? Are you being sarcastic? How are you speaking to them in front of others? And what do you say about them to others? So we're talking about your family or your close friend here. Now, as I was reflecting on that, I, I definitely got very convicted. And I got reminded of Matthew 12, 34. It says, for out of the overflow of a man's heart, the mouth speaks. And so as I was thinking about these things, and I confronted uh, people around me and, you know, writing them, you know, things, I realized, man, all these issues that I'm having with people around me, my family or uh, my roommate Lisa, not that there's many issues, but I realized <coughs> was not a picture of how they were lacking. It was a picture of where my heart was before them. And when I look at our interactions with each other, and I actually, I apologize to Lisa this week, because I realized that a lot of the things that I was struggling with didn't have anything to do with her at all. And as I was praying and reflecting and asking God, like, why do I do these things? Why am I, like, snapping at her and, like, being unkind to her? God really showed me that it was how it had nothing to do with her at all. I'm sorry, Lisa, again. <laughs> but it was really an issue of my heart and the pride in my heart and how I just, I don't know, you know, how you how I was viewing her, things like that. So please take the time to do that and look around at the people that you're really familiar with uh, just to see, and God will show you uh, really the, you know, what's in your heart and the way that you're acting towards them. Okay, second is examine your relationship with your spiritual authorities. Now, if you have, like, uh, I don't want to say, if you have problems with your parents, you know, many times this will flow over to your problems with your spiritual authorities. And so, if, you know, as I was thinking about the things that were going on in my life, it all pointed back to a deeper heart issue. And so these are more questions that I want you guys to think about your spiritual authority. So this can be your small group leader, uh, this can be your ministry leader, pastor, an interim pastor, any of these people that you consider your spiritual authority. Uh, ask yourself these questions. And I believe definitely that God will show you uh, what's in your heart. Okay, first. How are you submitting to your spiritual authorities? Two, are you often late when meeting your spiritual authorities? Three, what is your journal entries about your spiritual authorities? Because you know the journal is very truthful. Four, how are you speaking to others about your spiritual authorities? Five, have you recently gossiped or slandered against your spiritual authorities? Now, as you guys think about these things, I definitely believe that God will continue to show you uh, the issues of your heart and the way, you know, how you're viewing them. Now, 
The funny thing is, with your spiritual authority, that it has nothing to do with how you feel or anything about them. But instead, you know, whatever the heart issues are showing you, you have to understand that God has placed those spiritual authorities in your life for a reason and a purpose. No matter what, how, you know, whatever they're doing to you, you still have to submit to them and show them love and do these things and understand. But first, the first part of the process is to understand your heart and what you're feeling towards them. Okay, and last, examine your relationship with the people who submit to you. Now I want you guys to ask yourself these questions as well, okay? First, first, how often are you showing up late to meet the people who submit to you? So these are like small leaders, people in the ministry, whatever. How often are you showing up late uh, to meet them? Two, how eager are you to meet them? Three, what is your mood like when you meet them? Four, what are your journal entries about? About the people in your small group? Five, do you believe that God can change them? In one month, three months, six months, and a year. I believe as you start to ask these questions to yourself about all these three people, uh, your family, uh, your spiritual authorities, and the people who submit to you, that God will definitely show you what is in your heart and how that has, whether it be good or whether it be bad, uh, what, what are the things that can change from this. I've been um, reading this book called uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, and it's been really good. Uh, but I got this quote from here. It's talking about paradigms. This book talks a lot about paradigms and perception, but I believe that out of the heart, these things flow, right? So whatever you believe in your heart or the views that you have in your heart, it's going to show through your paradigms and through your perception, okay? So I'm just going to change what he uses as paradigm as heart and just read this uh, quote to you. So this is from Stephen Covey, from the author of Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Um, your heart is the source of your attitude and behavior. To try to change outward attitudes and behavior does very little good in the long run if we fail to examine the basic heart issues from which the, those attitudes and behaviors flow. So in this book, he talks about all these things of how we see things. And again, I said he talks about paradigms a lot. And so in doing this, he's showing us and telling us that if we change the things of our heart, uh, then everything, the behavior, uh, the way we speak, and all things will create not an instantaneous change, but a long-lasting change. Now, I'm sure that this message very much convicted me while I was preparing. And uh, I think sometimes the thing that we do is, after being convicted from the Lord, we look to ourselves, and we get a little bit depressed, or a little bit sad. Like, why am I keep doing these things over and over? When am I going to change? And how can, you know, how can God continue to do this work in me when I feel like nothing's changed? And so, there is hope <laughs> that we can change. Uh, as God is, as we're, as God is continuing to sanctify us and as we look to His Word 
and seeing that you know he really does have good plans for us. Um, Psalm thirty-seven four uh, says, "Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart." And this is a verse I've really been holding on to. Um, just reflecting on 2009 and going into 2010, that as we continue uh, to seek the Lord and delight in Him, He's the one that's going to change our hearts. It, it's kind of like a picture that I see often with my own heart is I'm holding it in my hand like this. Okay? And something that I feel like God is speaking to me is you gotta let it go <laughs> and give it to the Lord and give Him your heart. Now, if you look at Deuteronomy and God talks about the first commandment to love your Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, for me, the most difficult thing is giving the Lord my heart because I feel like I can't trust Him. This is too precious. It's too close to me. But really, by delighting yourself in God. He's going to give you the strength uh, to give him your heart and to fully surrender all these things to him. Second uh, Corinthians twelve nine, he says, "But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about what weakness is, so that Christ's power may rest in me." There is hope. <laughs> God wants to give His heart to His people, and if you look at all the relationships around you, your spiritual authorities, your family, and uh, the people in your small group, God will give you His heart if you ask. And this is just a common prayer that I always pray. If I'm struggling to love someone, I ask God to show me, Lord, what's your heart for them, and show me your heart for them, and give me your heart for them. Now it's funny how we keep getting reminded of the Father's heart for us and how the Father views us and how God's pleased with us and His love is unconditional. It's not based on anything that we do or that we don't do, but God's love is always for us and always guiding us. And as God is showing the Father's heart to this church and is showing His heart to each individual person, I believe that God is continuing to bring us to a place of more wholeness where we will be able, he's making our hearts whole so that he can use us to be a mother or father to other people. Now, I shared last time I preached that uh, in my Pattaya experience and during all the encouragement that I got, that God was really bringing me to a place of healing with my mom and our relationship. Now, it's interesting because recently, as that's also been happening, God's also been showing me uh, his heart for my mother, and I've been like hearing things from my aunts or people. Uh, my grandmother will share stories about my mom and her childhood, things that I never knew about. And as I'm hearing these things, I can't help but have a heart for my mom. You know, like uh, she, I just, you know, I don't know, like I mean, she grew up uh, in like a broken family, and. She was separated from her brothers and sisters for, I don't know, five, six years, and they got brought together, and she wasn't living with my grandma, and all these things, right? And later they got brought together, and then they went back with my grandmother. Basically, she didn't live with her mom or her dad for a big chunk of her childhood. 
Okay, and she lived with uh, a grandmother that was fairly abusive emotionally. Okay, and I was, as I was thinking these things, and as, as I was praying and I was asking God uh, what to show me through this experience, I think it's a miracle that my God, uh, my mom showed me the love that she did, and. Finding out these things about my mom really began to change my heart for my mom and to really cry out for her restoration and really to cry out for uh, God to show his heart to her. And in this way, God, I believe, will continue to do that with you if you pray this prayer. Uh, so let's pray for 2010. Uh, Heavenly Father, I just thank you, Lord, that uh, 2010 is a year of multiplication, a year of faith, a year of deepening, Lord. I thank you, Father, that you are continually showing us uh, the heart that you have for us, that you are pleased with us, uh, that, God, it is not about works, uh, that, God, it is not about things we are doing or that we are not doing, Lord, uh, but that, love, that, God, that you love us regardless and that your love is unconditional, Lord. Well, Father, we just thank you that uh, you are sharpening us and continuing, Lord, uh, to sanctify us through your word and to show us, God, how much you care about what we think in our hearts and what we're thinking, Lord. So, Father, I just pray, God, uh, that you will continue to show us, uh, Lord, our hearts' motives, uh, but also, Father, continue to give us your grace uh, to see that, Lord, that we are indeed changing, uh, that we are indeed bettering ourselves, and that, Lord, that you are with us each uh, step by step. Uh, Father, we just thank you, Lord, to continue to show us your love and to pour out your love through us to other people, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.